Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. So, Heavenly Father, we're, good, we're glad to be here today. I surrender all. That's what we must say to you. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. We thank You for grace and mercy through the Lord Jesus Christ that we can have salvation. We thank You for the cross, Lord Jesus, that You would die and suffer for us. We thank You, Heavenly Father, for sending the Lord Jesus that we might have life and joy. We celebrate life today in Jesus Christ. We thank You for the sweet spirit in this place. We thank You for the opportunity to worship in spirit and in truth. Now we ask that You would help us as we engage our minds in Your Word that we might truly... We pray for the families of this church. I pray for the families who make up the First Baptist Church of Dixon, Tennessee. I pray for all of them today. May we declare ourselves to be godly families in an ungodly world. May we seek to honor Jesus Christ in all that we do with our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. May you be pleased with us as a church as we seek to focus on living as godly families all the days of our life. We pray for our parents here today that you'd give them strength and wisdom at all ages as they deal with their children and all the grandparents and great-grandparents that we might support them. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the Word of God and for our chance to hear your Word and then to respond to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, and it's good to see all of you here. Welcome to First Baptist Church. If you're a guest with us, I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you here today. Find your place. In the middle of your Bible, if you have a copy of God's Word, find your place. Go to the book of uh, Psalms. is right about in the middle of your Bible, and the book right behind it is the book of Proverbs. Uh, the book of Proverbs is filled, as we're going to learn, with some tremendous wisdom for all of us as it relates to our families and to walking with God in this world. These days, I'm speaking to our church and to the families of our church. I've called all of our families together during these times and over the next few weeks to talk about, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said at the end of his life. I have said on behalf of my family, uh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I've called and challenged uh, the, the family leaders of this church to be godly families and to stand forward and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then last week we looked in Ephesians chapter 4 at the important words that Paul reminds us of in family life. Children, obey your parents, for this is right in the Lord. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but nurture them, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now with that in mind, my focus these days in this uh, series of conversations with you as for me and my house, focuses on this theme. How we're, the importance of every parent here uh, caring for the soul of your ch ch child or your children. That's my focus. There are a lot of things we could say about your family, and a lot of things we could talk about in marriage relationships, and a lot of things we could talk about in, uh, in uh, child rearing and all the rest. My focus is on uh, how you care for your child's soul. And I would submit to you, uh, beyond everything else you do for your children, this is the most important matter. How you care for your children's souls. So we go to the book of Proverbs today uh, for our reading. 
And so let me uh, take you there, and I've put two verses on the screen for you there uh, to show you a contrast. Uh, this is very important for us, and we'll get to this in just a moment, but I want you to see it and uh, find your place. You might want to note the other place is Colossians 3, 21. Before I do that, I want to remind us, as I've done every week, of what the Bible says. What does God's Word say to us about the family? Well, number one, God has ordained the family as the foundational institution of human society. That's God's plan. The family is first. Number two, marriage is the uniting of one man and one woman in covenant relationship for life. That's God's design for marriage, regardless of what the world and others have their opinions about marriage. Marriage is the uniting of one man, one woman in covenant relationship for life. Number three, children come from those marriages. Children from the moment of conception are a blessing and a heritage from the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's nothing more precious than the children God gives to parents, to families. Parents are to teach their children spiritual and moral values. Parents are to lead their children through a consistent lifestyle example of godliness. Parents are to lovingly discipline their children. And parents are to help their children make choices based on biblical Truth And all of these things undergird the things we're talking about today. So the contrast is found here. I'm going to read, first of all, the conclusion of some words from a godly set of parents. Uh, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived next to the Lord Jesus Christ, never forgot the words of his father and his mother, King David and Bathsheba. He never forgot them. In fact, many, many of these recorded Proverbs come from his teaching and instruction from his godly parents. Don't forget that. And as we read this, we read these strange words. They are a conclusion to what, is, what we're going to look at in some detail up above this. But here we read Proverbs 23, 26. Here is a godly father and a godly mother appealing to their child. Look what they're saying. Give me your heart, my son. It could read just as well. Give me your heart, my daughter. And let your eyes delight in my ways, or it might can read, and let your eyes observe my ways. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word, and may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today as we learn about the care of the souls of our children. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, the, the contrast that I've given you is verse Colossians 3.21. Fathers, fathers, and this also includes mothers, parents. Fathers, do not antagonize your children. We saw last week in the parallel passage, Ephesians 4, fathers do not provoke your children to anger. Here it uh, reads a little differently. It is this idea, do not antagonize uh, your children. Uh, this idea to exasperate, to antagonize has to do with causing them to, notice, become discouraged or to lose heart. When we talk about losing heart, that's our phrase in English, we're describing becoming discouraged, to lose trust. So today we have an appeal from these godly parents to their children 
Give me your heart. You know what in essence these godly parents are saying to their children? Trust me with your life. That's what godly parents do. So our focal truth today around which I'll make my comments is this. I have it here on the screen for you. Uh, and those of you who are joining us uh, by, um, by internet, we're glad you're here. May the Lord bless you. We miss you. And we wish you could be with us, but we're glad you're with us anyway. God, godly parents care for, the children's, for their children's souls as they... This is very important. This is very important. No matter what you feel about your parenting or where you are in your relationship with your children or their age... Godly parents care for their children's souls as they maintain, as they continue a lifelong relationship of trust with them. Godly parents care for their children's souls. How do I get to it, Pastor Mike? How do I nourish my child in training and in instruction? Well, it starts... When you have a lasting, trusting relationship with your children. And it goes from the time of their birth until you're gone off of this planet to heaven. Building and maintaining a lifelong trust relationship with your children is of the most importance if you are going to care for their soul. That's why we read these unbelievable words, Give me your heart, my son, and let your eyes delight in my ways. No, don't exasperate, antagonize, and drive your children to become discouraged and to lose heart. Rather, parents, it is our job in nurturing our children and caring for their souls. It is our job to build a lifelong trust relationship with them. Now... I want to give you four observations from some verses that we're going to read now together. Let me read them first, then I'll make a comment on these observations. We go now back to Proverbs 23, beginning in verse number 15. I want you to notice the three additional times that the word heart is used as this godly parent, as these godly parents appeal to their son or daughter. My son, please notice verse 15. If your heart is wise, my own heart also will be glad. And my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Now there's that heart relationship of trust that's being expressed between parents and children. A wise-hearted child. A wise-hearted child makes Parents' hearts glad and their inner being rejoices because the words that come out of the mouth of wise-hearted children are right. Do not let your, number two, 17, heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Listen, my son, and be wise and direct third time your heart in the way. Do not be with heavy drinkers of wine or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty. 
and drowsiness will clothe one with rags. Listen, again, second time. Verse 18, listen. Now again, listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth, and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who sires a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and your mother be glad and let her rejoice who gave birth to you. Give me, it's a climax, it's an appeal, it's the conclusion. Give me your heart, my child, and observe my ways. So if we're going to think about the importance of caring for our children's souls, regardless of their age, and maintaining a lifelong relationship, what do we learn here? Number one, godly parents know the importance of childlike trust. This is why godly parents put this matter that I'm talking about first ahead of everything else in what you do with your children. This is the first matter of importance in caring for your child's soul. A godly parents, number two, passionately seek to maintain a relationship of trust with their children. That starts when they're little babies. Yes, how sweet it is. They're totally dependent on you. Then they move through the phases of life and then they act like they don't even know who you are. And all the rest of the time, but it is your task as a parent always to maintain, passionately seek to manage and maintain regardless of their age, no matter how old they are, as long as you walk on the face of this earth with your children You are to passionately, as a parent, seek to maintain a relationship of trust with your children. That's what we see being written here for us. It's the appeal of a godly set of parents who want to maintain a relationship with their child. Third, godly parents are blessed by a relationship of trust they have with their children. And finally, how can we not say this? Godly parents lead their children because they have a trusting relationship with them to trust the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Now, did you know, did you know today, as you think about your child, there's a lot of things that go on with uh, those of you who have new children, infants, and all the way up. You know, we have all kinds of experts and, and helpful people who help us with children and uh, the, um, the issues of their life and how important it is. But did you know that the Word of God would present to us that your child's heart is the most important aspect of their being? Not how tall they are, not, what, not, uh, not their talents and not their abilities. All those things are important and they're a part of the gifting of who they are and their uniqueness as they were given to you as a gift from God. But no, their heart is the most important. I wonder today, as I speak to parents of all ages of children, I'm very aware of the fact that in, in the, the families, in all of our families, we have ups and downs in our family life. We have times where things are wonderful, things, times when things are challenged. There can be in the early days wonderful times and then strained and difficult days as children grow. But I ask you parents who are here today, have your children given you their hearts? Do you have the heart of your children? You can see it in the way they relate to you. You can see in their desire to be with you. Do your children, have your children given you their heart? And maybe I ask it in a more pointed way. Do your children trust you? 
Do your children trust you? When they look at you, when they listen to you, when they see you, do they trust you? And if they don't trust you, here's a very disturbing question. Well then, who do your children trust? That should be your concern today. You see, those children who trust their moms and dads, their parents, at all ages, you know what they do? Trusting Trusting children always unburden themselves to their parents. That's a good thing. Uh, trusting children always share their pains and their troubles. They don't shut down. They don't live with, as we read in Ephesians, excuse me, in Colossians, having broken heartedness and being shut down and, and broken in spirit. No, they come to their parents regardless of their age because they trust their parents with their heart. They trust their parents with the vulnerabilities of their life. They tell them and share with them where they are. Do you, do you have a trust relationship with every one of your children? And if you're a grandparent here today, are you building trusting relationships with all your grandchildren? Not just your favorites, all of them. Are you building as a great-grandparent relationships of trust with your great-grandchildren? Well, all of that starts based on your trusting relationship with your children, regardless of whether they are adult children or baby children or somewhere in between. First of all, godly parents know the importance. Well, what about the heart? All through the book of Proverbs, we have the heart. In fact, 900 plus times in the Word of God, uh, we have reference to the heart. What is it? Sometimes, very few times, it describes the actual heart in our body. Most of the time, it's describing the inner person. All of you here today, your heart is made up of your mind, your will, your emotions, your desire. In this particular place, it's interesting to see as we study this passage in Proverbs 3, and we've read these words about the heart, it really has to do with the trust of the heart, the emotion of the heart. But there is in every child foolishness in their heart. You wondered why your children were such rascals. Well, it's because you were one too. You see, every child born into this world is born into this world with hearts filled with foolishness. That's why they do the things they do, say the things they say, make un, uh, unwise decisions and build relationships that aren't good. You see, the word foolishness is a word that means to lack good sense. That's why godly parents, listen, no matter what the age of your children, you watch their hearts. You watch their hearts. You see, the foolishness in the heart of a child is pushed out by structured discipline and training. I read to you Proverbs twenty-two fifteen. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. As sweet as they are with those bows on and all those cute outfits you put them in, they still rascals underneath all of that. It's in there. There's foolishness in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline will remove it from them. That's why we train. That's why we discipline children. As sweet as they are, your kids need structured training and discipline from you as their parents. You see, this is why uh, this, uh, this, these set of godly parents were so concerned about this child. This is an older child, obviously, being spoken to here. If your heart is wise, is your child's heart wise today? 
Do you have a child with a wise heart? Verse 15. Uh, do you have a child today who is uh, filled with envy? Are your children's hearts full of envy and idolatry and covetousness and living for the world? Are their hearts, verse 19, caught up in going the way of the world? They're not following God. What is the condition of your children's hearts? Regardless of their age, I submit to you, you have a parental responsibility, whether they are adult children or baby kids or somewhere in the middle, to watch the condition of their heart. How can you know it? Well, you can remember this. The Lord Jesus said, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you listen to your children, you can discover what's in their heart. Listen to them. Listen to them talk. Don't turn the television louder. Don't go in the other room. Don't go do the things you want to do. Sit down and listen to your children. Listen to what they say. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is why this godly couple were so concerned about the condition of their children's souls. Oh, your children may have walked with God in the past. Are they walking with God today? Where are your children in relationship to God if they're grown? Well, it just does, it hurts my heart to know it. No, friend, it's your obligation to know their condition so that you might help them as their parents. You see, if we care for the child's soul, we care for where their heart is. Is their heart with you or is their heart with somebody else? Is their heart with you at home or is their heart with somebody else and some other people somewhere else? Is their heart with God and with the church and with you? Or is their heart in the world? And the longer they live, the more like the world they become. Well, godly parents know the importance of childlike trust. That's why we learn from these verses we've read. Listen to your father, verse 22. Listen to your father. Listen to me, verse 19. And be wise and direct your heart. Secondly, godly parents passionately seek to maintain a relationship of trust with their children. There's an old Jewish proverb. I like it quite a bit. A mother understands what a child does not say. A mother understands what a child does not say. You see, the mother understands the heart language of her children. Fathers, too, can learn to understand what children don't say. It's what your children are not saying that tells you much about whether you have their heart. So as we think about this today, I submit to you this. God made children, God designed children to have a trusting, lifelong relationship with their parents the ones to whom they were born to. Secondly, all children begin life trusting their parents. You know, here's the sad thing now. Sadly, in many families, and perhaps I'm speaking to some children who are grown in this room, you have a broken trust relationship with your parents. It may be caused by who knows what. It may be caused by behavior that was out of your control and things that were done to you and you've been treated in an inappropriate way and yet your trust is gone. It may be that there are parents in this room and you don't have a trusting relationship with your 
your grown children because you feel like they should be living a certain way and they're not living that way. And since they won't, you don't want to have anything to do with them. They're still your children, regardless of their behavior. And so today, how is it that we can, as parents, maintain our relationship with our children? Well, I'll just point out a couple of things to you that are general and obvious, but I want to linger here for a moment. If this is as far as I get, then so be it. This will be good enough. How do I maintain a relationship with my children? What do I do? You see, it's my obligation as the parent, the godly parent, to help my foolish children to gain wisdom. It's not the other way around. You don't put it on the unwise child to wise up and then come to their parents. We get it backwards. Sometimes when you listen to people talk, it's like parents have got their arms folded and say, well, I'm just going to wait around for them. No, my child, give me your heart. Give me your heart. You say it when they're young. Give me your heart, my child. You say it when they're middle-aged. Give me your heart. You say it to them when they're graduating from college. Give me your heart. You keep saying to your children, I want your heart. The rest of it doesn't matter as much to me. How am I going to build a trusting relationship with my children? Well, I believe that you have to, number one, bless your children and love them. Regardless of what they do. You have to speak blessing into their life. You must give them the family blessing. Genesis 27, 30, Isaac blessed Jacob. Genesis 48, 20, Jacob blessed the boys. He blessed the boys of Joseph that day with a blessing. They were given the family blessing of your children. Are you assured that your children today know and have the family blessing from you as their parents, that they are loved, that they are accepted, they are your children regardless, and they are uniquely made by God. Oh, the blessing, the family blessing goes a long way in the life of a child. Sadly, when you speak with some people, you know the saddest words? They've never received the blessing from their families. They've never received the blessing from their fathers or mothers, and they go seeking a blessing from someone. You see, if I'm going to, if I'm going to gain the trust of my child, I must bless them and love them. Esau pleaded with his father in Genesis 27, 38, Oh, my father, bless me too! That's what children say. They say it without a word. That's why I read you these words. A mother understands what a child does not say. They need and they thrive on your blessing. Not the blessing of your friends. Not the blessings of the rest of the family. They rely upon your blessing. Mother and father of your children. Secondly, children will trust their parents who lovingly discipline them. You know, some people say, well, you know, if I discipline my child, they're not going to like me. No, they'll actually appreciate it. They'll appreciate the training you've given them. They'll appreciate the, yet, the no's as well as the yes. They'll appreciate the schedules that you put them on. They'll appreciate what you've done. I said this to you last week. It's another old Jewish proverb. When you teach your son or daughter, you teach your children's son or daughter. When you train and discipline your son or daughter, you train and discipline your children's sons and daughters. 
You see, this is what we must learn. The importance of discipline. 22.15 of Proverbs, The rod of discipline will remove foolishness from a child. We learn also this passage as we've read this dear passage. Esau was an example of a man who was not blessed by his father. And here we see him exasperated and his heart was gone and he lost heart. How many boys and girls, how many children, I'm talking about young children in primary school, have broken, discouraged hearts because at home there is no blessing, there is no discipline, they have no one to trust. That's the culture in America today. That's what's happening in the lives of people all around us. And these children grow up to be adults and do not understand, even themselves, unless they come to know Jesus Christ and come under the Word of God, they don't understand what it means. They don't, know, they don't understand what it means to be a godly parent. You see, children, children trust parents who bless them and love them, who discipline them, but who also passionately appeal to them. You may think that you have spoken to your child, what's the saying? Till you're blue in the face. Stay blue in the face. Keep appealing to them. Keep talking to them. Listen, I'll quote this to you. Proverbs 4, 3 and 4. When I was a son, this is Solomon's testimony. This is King Solomon's testimony in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 4, 3 and 4. When I was a son to my father, tender. Tender. When I was a son to my father, tender, and the only son in the sight of my mother. Then he taught me and said, listen, let your, not mind, let your heart hold fast to my words, keep my commandments and live. That's what you appeal to your children no matter how many times they fail. No matter how many times they don't do what you think they ought to do. You continue to come back to them because you care for their soul and you appeal to them. He who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. If you go to reach others for Christ but will not do it with your own kids, what's the matter with you? Here's the appeal. Here's the appeal. You must go to them and passionately appeal. Give me your heart. Listen again to what we've talked about. Let's walk again together. Children will trust their parents when they're blessed by them and loved by them, when they're disciplined by them, when we passionately appeal to them as their parents, and when we willingly spend time with them. I don't have the time to develop this, but when I was a son tender, then my father taught me. It doesn't, by the way, this was the king of Israel. Now, David certainly had a lot of people who could help him train Solomon, but he trained Solomon himself. There are a lot of busy men in this room today, and I respect you for it. There are a lot of you who have a lot of things to do and you, have, you are doing a good job to support and care for your family. But you have one priority above all else and that is spending time with your children and letting them hear out of your mouth, thus says the Lord, here's how I'm going to live, here's what God has done. When I was a son tender, then my father taught me. I have another one for you, Deuteronomy 6.20. When your son asks you, 
In time to come, what do the testimonies, statutes, and judgments mean which the Lord God has commanded you? Then you will say, it doesn't say, well, let me check with mom. Wait wait a minute, let me go to the elders of Israel. Let, Let me check with the priests. No, when your children come and say to you, what does the Word of God mean? You will say, it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all His commandments before our Lord just as He has commanded us. You see, children trust parents who bless and love them, who lovingly discipline them, who lovingly appeal to them throughout their life to follow God regardless of whether they do or not, and who willingly spend time with them. How much of your schedule do you give to your children? How much time do you spend with them? You will only have them in each season of life for a little while. You'll only have them when they're babies for a little while. Then they crawl, then they climb, then they run away. You just don't know where they will go. You only have them for a time. Do you spend time with them? And finally, children trust parents who are godly. I want to read now the last part of Proverbs 23, 26. Give me your heart, my son, and let your eyes, my child, delight in my ways. When your children look at your lifestyle as a parent, Are they impressed with your godliness? Oh, they may not walk with God, but they know. They know their mother and father walk with God and and pray and worship the Lord Jesus Christ and share the gospel. They know there's a difference in your life. Uh, Proverbs 3, 1, My son, don't forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments. Well, Godly parents are blessed by the relationship of trust with their children as we seek to maintain a trustful relationship with them. Here it is over and over. i just read it to you as we finish. The father of the righteous, verse 24, will greatly rejoice. There's nothing like the joy of a father, a godly father who sees in his children godly living. If you're a child in this room today, you want to sadden your parents' hearts, just keep living godless lives. You drive them to an early grave. If you want to be cruel, if you want to be cruel, just live in wickedness, open wickedness and godlessness before your parents who've sought to walk with God. That's really the opposite way to read it. And let your father and mother, verse 25, be glad and let your mother rejoice who gave birth to you. I hope you never forget, every one of us in here, we all have something in common. A mother gave you birth. You didn't come out from under a rock or pop into the world in some other way. Everybody here has, what do you say in the South? A mama. How does your mama feel about the way you live? Well, godly parents lead their children to trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Oh, these words. Yes, of course these words can be put in the mouth of God Himself. How many times did we see for weeks and months on end? I was preaching to you. 
from the Lord Jesus' words. What did He say? Come to Me. Come to Me. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. Come to Me. Come to Me. Believe in Me. He who believes in Me will live. How many times, in essence, is it being said to us, God says to us over and over, it is the appeal of Scripture, come to Me, give Me your heart. And when boys and girls grow up seeing their mom and dad walk with God, don't you give up on your children yet. Even if they're grown and they're adults, Remember, God has a way of speaking to children. Don't have regret. If you have trained them and taught them, God will do His work in their life. You do your task of building a relationship that you can have with them regardless of how they live. It might be hard. It might be hard to have a trusting relationship with children who won't listen to you. But you see, this is the order. If I, if I have their heart, then they will listen to me. So what do we remember today? Well, godly parents, as I've said over and over, passionately seek, to trust, uh, seek the trust of their children. Foolish-hearted children need the care of godly parents. See, that's why God gave... That's why we must be godly as parents and not fool-hearted. What is the sadness in our world, my friend? It's fool-hearted, ungodly parents who bring up fool-hearted, ungodly children. What a sadness. When a child's heart is one in trust, it brings joy to parents. There's nothing more special than a trusting relationship you can have with your children. And leading our children to give their hearts to Jesus Christ is the greatest of joy. I want to emphasize number five, and I know my time's gone, but here, I want you to hear this now. There are lots of sad stories in our world about this and the condition of children who are in such desperate conditions. I didn't even want to begin to talk to you about the condition of some children in Dixon County today. You really wouldn't want to hear it. It would really burden you. It would really disturb you to know the sadness, but I'll tell you this, because of the way God made us all, this is why some of us as adults get in the shape we're in. We're always searching for somebody to trust. We're always looking for somebody to trust. And I promise you this, children long to give their heart in trust to someone or some people who do your children entrust their hearts to today? Step forward, parents. We must do our job and never stop doing it. If I'm going to care for the soul of my child, I must commit before God that I will maintain as best of my ability a relationship of trust with every one of my children, not in the same way, as unique as they are, I will maintain that relationship. And it will look like the way God leads me to do it. So what are our family challenges as we go? Well, I have two things for parents here today. Number one, ask yourself. If it's mom and dad who are here, if you're a single parent, that's okay. You can ask yourself. You can ask your your mom and dad. You can talk with others who you trust who are godly. Ask, do our children, do my children trust me? Do they trust me? 
Do they trust me not only with the food that I need to give them to eat? Do they not only trust me with, uh, you know, the clothing I need and for the for the uh, uh, the essentials of life? But do they trust you with their heart, or have they started turning away from you as they become teenagers? Why is that? They've turned completely away from you as adults. Why is that? Do your children trust you, parents? Secondly. How can we restore our trust with our children? You know, for some of us today, the most important thing you could do, as for me and my house will serve the Lord, is go back and make sure that with all your children, and I'm speaking primarily to adults here, and uh, those adult children, but also those of you who have teenage children. What do I need to do to restore a relationship of trust with my teenager? or with my young adult children? If you answer that, you will have answered one of the questions about what it looks like to have a godly family. And then talk to your children about who they trust. You know, this is important in our day. Oh, the dangers are great for children. The dangers are great out in the world. And uh, the, uh, the view of some about what they would, the harm that can come to children. You must talk with your children about trust what it means to trust, and visit about that. Have conversations about it and appeal to them. By what you do and the way you live, you're saying to them, trust me. I will help you. I will encourage you. You know why? Because godly parents walk with God. And when you walk with God, sometimes the very words of God come from our parents to us. Tell your children that you can always trust Jesus. So if you gain your children's hearts and trust, they'll listen to you because they observe how you live. If you, if you gain their trust, they'll listen to you. They may not act like they are. They may act like they're doing something else. They may act like they don't want to hear anything you're saying. They hear you. Speak to your children's hearts, not their minds. That's the place you start. And when you do it, you never apologize. You always have your arms out and you say, Give me your heart, my son or daughter. Give me your heart. So may the Lord bless the reading of His Word and help us as families to care for our children's souls by maintaining a lifelong relationship with them. Give me your heart, my son, and let your eyes delight in my ways.